Welcome to the PropTech Podcast. It's Kylie Davis here, and I'm delighted to be your host as we explore the brave new world where technology and real estate collide. I passionately believe we need to create and grow a sense of community between the innovators and real estate agents and property professionals, and sharing our stories is a great way to do that. The aim of each episode is to introduce listeners to a PropTech innovator who is pushing the boundaries of what's possible and to explore the issues and challenges raised by the tech and how they can create amazing property experiences. Now, this week is one for commercial agents with an interview with Chris Omesa, digital real estate leader at the digital twin company, Willow. Many of you will know Chris from his previous role at KPMG Australia, where he worked in the high growth ventures division as a prop tech expert. He has a strong prop tech pedigree and is also a cohort mentor for Reach Australia. Now, if you're like me, you've heard of the term digital twin, but never really understood what it was or how on earth it related to prop tech. In this interview, Chris unpacks exactly what a digital twin is and how it relates to us creating smart buildings and smart cities. Now, smart cities are predicted to go from US dollars 410 billion in 2020 up to 820.7 billion by 2025, according to Smart Cities Global Report, which was released last year. So this is a really high growth space. So strap in, we're going to get geeky about big data and buildings. Here to explain more, Chris O'Mesa, welcome to the PropTech Podcast. Thanks, Kylie, and glad to be here. It's it's great that we've finally been able to catch up and Happy New Year and um, I'm really looking forward to finding out more about digital twins. So let's go with it. Um, we always start off at the PropTech podcast with your elevator pitch. So what is the elevator pitch for Willow? Yeah, so um, I, guess, I guess where we start is Willow is really a digital twin company that specialises across real estate and infrastructure and I'll get into what a digital twin is or how we define it. But ultimately, we, we map the relationship between people, spaces, places, and devices within a building. So uh, what we're looking at bridging is basically the physical and digital worlds. A digital twin typically has three concepts. So we look at uh, the physical building itself, um, the, the digital layer, which sits on top, where we aggregate live static and spatial data or dynamic data in an environment, and then the connection between the two. So... Uh, as a company, we're focused on on really uh, people that have the same objective, same mindset to design digitally end to end, and to really uh, bring all the disparate data sources within the built environment into a single pane of glass um, throughout the life cycle of real estate. So that sounds really broad, but, but that's ultimately what our focus is. Um, so think of us as a data governance and data enablement uh, company. And, and that's what, where we focus uh, to start. Okay. So, look, what, what I really want to understand, though, is what is a digital twin and why do I, if I, why do I need one in real estate? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a digital twin is a lot of people call it a virtual replica of an existing asset. But mm-hmm. the way to think of a digital twin, digital twins have been around for a long, long time, which, which uh, I can touch on a bit later. Um, it really focuses on aggregating all the different sources of data that sit within a building that can either impact building performance or operational performance or the end user experience within the asset. 
So there's a lot of data that's accumulated throughout the design and construction process, which helps with standards for handover and commissioning. And ultimately a digital twin focuses on starting with the use cases in mind, the smart building use cases, which, which, which dictate the way a building should operate in the future. So uh, that's, that's basically how, how I see it. We, we look at it through the lens of three core data sources. So what underpins a digital twin is really the live data that's emitted through all the sensors and IoT devices or IoT capabilities within a building. Uh, the static data, so anything that you can actually kick with your foot or touch um, that sits within a building. And the spatial data, which actually gives you the context uh, within an asset to be able to make decisions and understand what relates to uh, what devices relate to where and what impacts um, uh, stem from those devices. So we, we uh, probably probably the simplest way that I could start to explain it is we aggregate the live static and spatial data that sits within the built environment uh, to drive better insights and better building performance. So okay. it, it's a really holistic play, uh, really focused towards a smart building um, and all about visualization of data and digitalization of data. Okay. So do I use or need a vid digital twin from the beginning of a building from its conception and and design or can I retrospectively create a digital twin? You can do both. Uh, I mean, Willow works with both existing buildings and new buildings, uh, but obviously the vision that we see as a company is that digital twin will be the central operating model for, for large landlords. Uh, so when the building crosses design and construction and moves into operation, the digital twin is used as the interface, which houses all the data um, and all the alignment between the data in the assets. So uh, we're, we're, in, we're seeing a lot more growth, obviously, in the new build phase. Uh, a lot of developers are seeing it as non-regrettable to take a Willow twin or a digital twin solution on at that stage because there's certain benefits that you get throughout design and construction which are lost at the point the building's uh, handed over historically. So what we're doing is almost um, bringing those two worlds together. Uh, so design and constructions, uh, all the good work that we can leverage as a byproduct of having a BIM model, which I can get into a bit later, uh, can actually be, be utilised throughout operation um, and serve the needs of the landlord. So that's, that's really where uh, I guess our focus is on crossing that chasm between design and construction and, and operations of, of an asset. Okay. So just so I'm really clear, so a digital twin is capturing all of the data that is created when a building is designed and what traditionally that data gets lost once it's built and then you would, and, and then traditionally you would have to either go back and find it again or double handle to you know dig it out and and, and pull it out or yeah it's it's very close i guess very similar in the sense that Throughout design and construction, there's typically something called a building information model, uh, yep. which which helps uh, the contractors and, and subcontractors uh, understand what data is required or needs to be validated throughout the process uh, of of construction. Yep. So, what, where the big challenge was with this concept of BIM and FM, which was BIM and facilities management, was really around the interoperability of the data. Uh, can the models be updated? 
how do we actually use the data? How do we actually generate the insights to be useful in operations? And that's where, uh, I guess, the chasm that, that Willow crosses. So we do a lot of the work to capture and audit the data throughout design and construction, uh, building handover and commissioning in the asset. But then we use that data or that base model, so the live static and spatial data, to start to drive use cases and insights throughout the building's operation, which are linked to business decisions, linked to building performance, linked to occupant experience. So, so we are we are almost see us as a, a source that centralizes the data, structures the data, then generates insights from that data uh, during the building's, uh, uh, ultimately throughout the building's life cycle. Okay, awesome. So, so I'm kind of seeing it two ways. So traditionally, a whole lot of information and data would be identified and created as part of a building's design and construction. But traditionally, that once the building was built and sold and handed over or whatever, it would that data would drop or, or get lost or not be used. But by hanging on to that data from the start, you're then able to, like, so it may, you know, metaphor for the moment, COVID hits and, and you've built a 25-storey commercial building with, with just offices in it, you would be able to then model some of your decisions or model some of the data that you've got from that building to look at, well, what else could we do quickly, easily using the, the layout or the format that we've got? Correct. And, ah. <laughs> and, and I guess that's the, uh, I mean, that's one certain example or one certain use case. Um, the whole challenge is there's misaligned incentives. Obviously, the, the BIM models are created or, or led by the trade contractors, not the landlords who mm-hmm. actually pay, pay the contractors or, or the funders behind them that pay the contractors. So there's there's ultimately been this issue about even if the landlord knew what was going on, Within the asset, they wouldn't know what questions to ask. They wouldn't understand who holds the data, whether it sits with a third party, uh, such as CBRE or JLL, who manages their assets. So ultimately, what we're trying to do is put the decision-making power back with the landlord to drive their own destiny. So it's all about how do I actually understand what data is in my building, what data is useful for me as an owner of the asset. And and I think you touched on quite an interesting example there. COVID's been a real trigger for a lot of landlords to basically um, understand or build a solid strategy around their data uh, and their information within the assets, or which historically has been kept in um, uh, Excel spreadsheets by third-party contractors on the ground uh, and so forth. So, so there's been a, a, a lot of mismanagement of data, no real alignment um, with what it takes to build a digital twin. And that's why yep. I go back to saying, it's really about how do we design digitally end-to-end and how do we help uh, landlords actually control uh, sort of the vast sources or, or multiple, multiple smart building technologies that are coming into the built environment every single day? Um, and we'll get onto that a bit later when we talk to, I guess, more the features of what the Willow Twin actually um, offers. Okay, cool. All right. So, so, so do commercial real estate agents like digital twins very much? Because they're often the gatekeepers of that info. Uh, commercial real estate agents, we don't really, uh, it's less the agents, more the facility or asset facility managers um, that would, would hold more of the building data. I yeah. think uh, obviously the agents would do a lot when it comes to leasing the space uh, or any leasing or tenancy data uh, that we might be able to capture. But we typically find that, uh, and this is part of why there's been a slower adoption of digital twins as a concept, uh, there's so many different stakeholders within the built environment. Um, and a twin as such a revolutionary concept or transformational concept really needs to service 
uh, everyone from the investors to the operators to the occupants within a building. So, uh, and that's what I think is truly unique about what Willow's doing at the moment. Okay. So, so what else does Willow do? So it's about digital twins, that's the USP, but, but once we've got that data, what, what happens after that? Yeah, so we, once we align and structure the data, Willow then looks to build upon use cases. So um, how do we leverage smart building technologies or any IoT capabilities to look at, uh, you know, initially it was thought that it was all around energy preservation, but more recently we're seeing uh, this drive towards sustainability. How do I ensure not only my assets sustainable, but my portfolio of assets are sustainable? How do I ensure uh, I can track or measure occupancy or space utilisation within the asset? Um, how do I better serve my tenants' needs, um, of, uh, you know, by understanding what um, the access control data or, or, or the, the number of people that are entering the space? So we, we're seeing different types of, of, of use cases, uh, which is what we call them, or modules, which, which we deploy with, with our current customers, uh, which, which basically uh, helps provide a bit, more a bit more of a tangible idea to what a digital twin is and does. So I, I, just to recap that, I'd really explain it as firstly aligning all your building data um, all the live data, static data, and spatial data, and then learning how to generate automated insights, better analytics, and reporting, customized reporting, based on any business decision that that the owner of the twin wants to make. So that's really the the, the core value that a, a twin drives and offers. Okay, so so I've heard like I've heard of other prop techs out there that are capturing the data and turning it into single dashboard and all that sort of stuff. Is that is that's not a digital twin that's just aggregating data or it's a dashboard or, or are they kind of in your competitive set? No, I, th I think it's, um, and this is part of the, the challenge, if you get a specialist HVAC provider or, or HVAC analytics provider or a specialist uh, occupancy tracker, um, part of the issue is is it's it loses, in terms of where the data feeds back to, it's very purpose to that point solution. Yeah. So it doesn't actually... Um, take in the relationship with the physical asset yep. so so you know someone that uses it purely for the um, um, for scanning their the HVAC systems or understanding what types of analytics are required to 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 reduce or increase the load isn't actually aware of the contextual or any of the other um, matters that surround the use of the asset so one of the the inherent benefits of the digital twin is we start with the entire physical asset itself and we map the devices to and plot that those data points on the asset themselves. So we're able to actually draw cause and effect and, and understand the relationships uh, between different technologies, between uh, the full building breathing use versus a point solution provider that, that albeit would would still benefit from the value a twin offers, but would only be looking at it through their, their lens. So it's lens. definitely... Definitely, you know, what's that mean in really simple terms? Willow connects all these different, we provide almost the foundation for the building, the digital layered foundation for the building. So these point solution providers can actually link the data back to the actual use of the building. So it's not siloed. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Okay, cool. Okay. So how how big an issue is how big a problem is this that needs solving? So how in Australia, like in Australia and globally, like what, how how much can digital twins help us? I think I think the digital twins as a concept has been around for, for quite a long time. Has it? 
It has, yeah. So, uh, um, in, and, and yet I've never understood it. <laughs> in, in several different industries and, and you're not alone. I think, I think yeah. we're finding that even my time with the, with the business, it's really been enjoyable to see people understand and learn um, how a digital twin differs or how it can be applied and how they can apply a mindset where they don't stick their head in the sand but actually try to understand what value this you know this company can provide or, or this concept can provide um i think just going back to the question how big of an issue um is it i, th- I think now more than ever um the the reason for the slow adoption has been typically buildings have been valued at multiples of noi or or, or with with fairly basic no real high risk of failure uh, of a building if a building shuts down i guess the point i'm making here is if a building shuts down tomorrow um there's no huge impact on on the asset itself, apart from obviously the income, but but that doesn't happen with an oil rig or with with uh, a different type of in, a critical infrastructure where, or, or something like even when you go back to the origin of digital twins, um, with space use uh, using it in space or mirroring systems when you're not in close proximity to them, there's a different type of benefit and a different different type of, of risk appetite which buildings haven't historically offered. I guess the point I'm making here is now that buildings are starting starting to move into this state of flux. They're becoming unpredictable in use, unpredictable in income, unpredictable in, in value. Um, we're seeing more and more landlords who, even though we're, we're in the midst of a global pandemic, it's really the time that they need to start spending money to work out how do they actually shift their operating model and, and, and get rid of the processes which have have really plagued real estate for a long period of time. When I talk about processes, I'm talking about storing uh, static asset information in Excel spreadsheets, in plant rooms, in folders, uh, where a, a facilities manager has to walk down there and go locate a manual or a submittal or something to do with a piece of equipment to then go and repair it. So, so very manual, labor-intensive, error-ridden processes. We're ultimately automating and bringing those processes into the cloud. So someone can literally log into their computer, go and source the exact uh, component, whether it's a VAV um, uh, device or, or, or uh, any type of system that they can go and utilize. They can actually access it in a cloud-based system and the building's data, data is all stored there uh, as well. I guess globally where there's been more of a push for digital twins from what I'm seeing is really around data compliance. So how does a landlord ensure that all their data is compliant? How do they manage their risk across their portfolio? Um, You know, forget the fact that putting a digital twin on an asset gives you this sort of integrated solution design where you don't know what it could be used for in the future. But as long as you have your data all in one simple place, you can then activate any use cases, new technologies come online or or become interesting to landlords. Uh, One of the big issues we're seeing at the moment is really around how do I eliminate the risk of of poor decision making um, shaped by incomplete data sets? Um, how do I bring all my portfolio governance into a single pane of glass? And um, I guess that's really where where the digital twin has its its tangible benefits, uh, bringing it right back to how do I track all the historical data that's been been um, I guess utilised or or um, uh, is available in every building. That's that's really where, where you know I guess the problems that a digital twin solves for or why digital twins are important. 
uh, are really coming to the fore. So, so hopefully that. Sorry, that was a long round. No, 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 no. I'm, 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 I'm fascinated by it. And what we might do is there's quite a lot of you're mentioning quite a lot of acronyms. So um, I'm going to grab some of them and we'll put them in the show notes for those who aren't quite sure. And now let's hear a word from our sponsors. For almost 16 years, Direct Connect has made moving easy for over 1.2 million renters and homeowners by arranging connections to a wide range of services, from electricity and gas to internet and pay TV. With a national team of local account managers who are experts in the industry, Direct Connect are there to support your real estate business with competitive rewards for every successful connection, plus an industry-leading rewards program. The connection process is simple and Direct Connect's always-on guarantee ensures your customers will be connected on the day they move in. Direct Connect offers a range of market-leading suppliers and Direct Connect has now made it even easier than ever to send connections directly integrating with MRI Software's property tree. So in just a few clicks while processing a tenancy, you can send the connection details through and get your customers connected. To make the right connection and find out how Direct Connect can make moving easy for you and easy for your customers, visit agents.directconnect.com.au or call 1300-558-169. Just to grab something that you mentioned before too, so digital twins have been around for a long time and you mentioned space. That's got me curious. Tell me more about that. Yeah, so so NASA was actually the first to dabble with, with this type of pairing technology. Um, okay. So basically... Um, the precursor to t- today's digital twin as far back as, as the early days of space exploration. Um, uh, the question that they would ask themselves is how do you operate, maintain or repair a system um, or an aircraft which you aren't within physical proximity of? And hopefully that gives the audience a bit more uh, of, of a rational understanding behind why are we trying to move or push this concept of a digital twin within the built environment? Yeah. Um, so that was the challenge that NASA research department had to face when developing systems that would travel beyond obviously earth uh, yep. in that situation yeah and i guess that's um i guess when disaster struck apollo 13 um it was the innovation yep. of mirrored systems which actually um allowed the engineers and astronauts to determine how they could rescue how, how they could um uh the, rescue the mission and i guess um th- that's now been permeated throughout many different industries so we see it uh, in the oil and gas industry, digital twins are quite a, a sort of mainstream concept. We're seeing, we're doing a lot of work within mining, infrastructure, toll roads, uh, everything up to cruise ships that we've started to look at as well. So we're seeing that, and it goes back to that concept of of high risk of failure, uh, yep. where, where we're seeing more of a, a damning need for, for a yeah. digital twin. Yep. And now that real estate's starting to get there, albeit it's a slow boat, uh, we're seeing more of an appetite to explore a digital twin. There's that great scene in the in the Apollo 13 movie where they tip the box out of you like you've got to basically get them breathable oxygen and this is what you've got to work with right yeah <laughs> so now <laughs> you've got this data you need to make the building COVID safe go yeah. that's right that's right so uh, no it's um, but but it's quite fascinating when you look at it through that lens um, because ultimately if I guess if the built environment was stable and predictable. Uh, there's almost a, more of a case there to say that we don't really need a digital twin um, for our asset. But now that, you know, a digital twin is really the next the next rational capability next to IoT. Mm. So how do I leverage all the IoT within my asset? And how do I bring it into a single pane of glass or single source of truth that's centralized? And that's really uh, where the concept 
of a, of a digital twin in real estate starting to become uh, a lot more uh, commonplace and, and uh, required. And so if you zoom up a bit higher, like if you take an, a, a view a bit higher than that and you've got a whole bunch of buildings or a whole city of buildings that have all got their own digital twins, I'm assuming you've then got a digital twin city that you can start to do some really cool things playing with the data at, at that level. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, definitely possible. And you've seen sort of certain other providers uh, that have been able, I think there was a company out of New Zealand that modeled Wellington City uh, and have called it a digital twin. So you're seeing different types of applications of it. I guess the critical point to understand is what what, am, what are the, you trying to achieve with this digital twin? Uh, yeah. You know, if in our world, it's really about the granularity of the data. How do we drive better business decisions? How do we improve the performance of the asset? Um, and how do we understand the behavioral and the occupancy trends within an asset, as an example, when it comes to uh, the use of space? Yeah. Uh, I guess when, when you talk about every building having, uh, let's say, a willow twin on, on every single asset, uh, I mean, the use cases you could drive from a city planning and placemaking perspective would be enormous, uh, but but ultimately it comes down to the vision and the objective of of why the data needs to be digitalized, visualized, stored in the cloud, and what what insights are we trying to get out of the data? Uh, and that's really what um, we're focused on as as a company. Okay, awesome, awesome. Okay, so so what's your business model? How does Willow work? Yeah, so so Willow works based based on the stage of engagement if i take you through a new development or new building for example uh mm -hmm. we'll go so will i split into we've got a, a whole team of software developers and um, engineers software engineers uh, along with actual project managers and digital engineers so we have a digital enablement and engineering capability so that goes on a new development uh, right at the beginning of design to set out the digital twin standards or the ontology for a digital twin mm -hmm. and audit the data that's captured through the one time in a building's life where it's actually coming together. So that's ultimately a, a role that's played by Willow uh, as a services component. And we, we then have a SaaS software platform which activates as soon as the building's commissioned or becomes operational. So the digital twin acts as a, 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 a web browser interface, which is used um, by several different stakeholders, whether they're asset managers, C-level executives, or tenants within a building, um, where they can access certain data sources that have been uh, aligned for, for their needs. So um, it, it operates as a, a bit of a razor blade. You almost have the, the uh, services component for new builds, which allows us to audit and structure the data. So think of that as how do I actually get the foundation right to build a twin? Mm -hmm. And and once the data has been captured and uh, verified or validated, uh, we activate the platform, uh, the software platform. Right. Okay. And so if I've got an existing building, yep. there's obviously a big data capture play as part of that. Correct. Yeah. So it's the same, same process, same mindset. I guess it's a bit more of a... Uh, a different type of engagement, given the fact mm -hmm. that we'd go in there to retrofit uh, a building with a twin, uh, which is very possible, understand what use cases or what data is available on the twin. Um, but but that's been one of the fascinating things about Willow is uh, they're the only company or smart building platform that's using uh, Microsoft's, uh, the global partner for Microsoft and their digital twin platform and working on most of the iconic buildings globally at the moment. So th there's a lot of buildings there where there are historic records which have been retrofitted or captured 
uh, in the Willow Twins. So um, it's it's definitely, uh, I guess, the same method or same process, but but uh, you're dealing with two different types of scenarios. Okay. Okay. Cool. So how big is Willow? Are you Australian? Are you global? Or because it sounds like you need a lot of people for the, yeah. So Willow is one of the fastest growing companies in in Australia from a, uh, I'm proud to say from a prop tech perspective, uh, over 200 employees now uh, started in Australia in 2017 and have now grown uh, to global offices over EMEA, EMEA, uh, a large um, employee base in the US as well. Uh, So so we're tending to focus on the US market and the Australian market as our core markets, but obviously Europe uh, there's been a lot of sort of investment um, from the, I believe it's the European Commission or, or something similar. Mm-hmm. May have may have forgotten the name, but that we're seeing a lot of of interest in pushing to use digital twins globally at the moment. So we've we've got a really agile operation, but albeit uh, I think we're across 20 plus countries. So yeah, um, yeah that's uh, that's the extent of my knowledge. Yep, no, that's cool. And when did you start? 2017. Uh, the business itself, 2017, um, and, and 10 years before that, I think one of the, the ultimate advantages of where this business has come from is it understands real estate and, and was a, originally a digital architecture and digital engineering firm for the 10 years prior to turning into a, a software platform or smart building platform in 2017. Okay. So yeah. it, it's got a long history in the space, yeah. um, and ultimately we're, we're, um, uh, and that's what's marking the growth of the platform. Okay. And so if I'm a tenant inside a, a building that has a digital twin with Willow, how is my experience different to to anyone else's in a in a non-digital twin building? I, I think it's the availability of, of the data. I mean, as a tenant in in the asset, you you're interested in different types of use cases. Uh, compared to a building owner, you're interested yep. in the use of the space within my tenancy. You're interested yep. in in the the uh, uh, the booking room meeting room system, or me- oh, I got that wrong, uh, but the booking meeting rooms and and the use of of desks. Uh, you're interested in in different types of use cases, which become more powerful through the lens of a twin, because you mm-hmm. have all the data that can be captured and centralised in the one platform. So um, uh, such things as, as when I talk about occupancy or, or the use of space uh, are now becoming critical requirements of tenants who are starting to work out how do I actually get more people back in the office and something, um, you know, Willow hasn't really had that issue. It feels like we've been at, at um, had a great operating capacity for, for a while during COVID, but there's a lot of tenants out there, large banks, um, large uh, telco companies, which are, are struggling to try and identify what insights do they need to gather uh, so people feel like they can come back to the workplace. Employees feel that like not only can they come back to, to work in a safe uh, and inspiring manner, but it's also a healthy environment. There's also an availability of, of um, different areas. Yep. Um, so so there's there's going to be a lot of change that you, you we're already witnessing um, with the with the different resizing of space. Can you can you answer the question in advance? So can we bring all you know? Can we bring our employees back to work and get them all up in the up and down in the lifts without it taking four hours with social distancing? <laughs> yeah, so that's the and, that, and that's another a huge use case at the moment uh, around yeah. the use of lifts um, 
Uh, now, whether a twin will overtake the lift operating system, I'm not quite sure, and I don't think we would, but, but there's definitely use cases which we're looking at which allow for contactless entry into buildings. Mm -hmm. um, understanding that the, the capacity of lifts and, and booking lifts and uh, the actual, you know, trying to avoid this situation where the lift stops at every floor and everyone looks inside it as a death trap. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and if anyone coughs, everyone just... Yeah. Runs. <laughs> exactly right. So, uh, I mean, these are. This is what's showing that there, so there's going to be a huge change. No, it's 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 all right, but it's definitely a consideration that we've looked at. So, the ability to call the lift from your mobile phone instead of touching the touchpad that everyone oh. uses, uh, the ability to actually um, uh, better improve that experience. It, it's a huge factor on whether people will come to work or not in this current day and age, uh, whether we like it or not. So, having the twin on that building where the lifts are being used actually allows you to understand all that data and get the, the movement data within um, uh, the building. So, so it's it's very much, a, 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 I guess, significant to to a tenant who wants to understand the application of that further and the, the movement of their people through the space. Mm, okay. So as a real estate agent, you know you need to be doing more content marketing, but creating posts for social media, creating videos and reports is hard work, lots of hard work, and it takes time. So that's why you need Homeprezzo. If you're a typical agent posting one or two social media posts a week, Homeprezzo can save you between 75 to 100 hours a year. How many more properties could you sell with if you had that time back? Homeprezzo can help you create engaging, informative videos about how the property market in your local suburb is performing. Plus, it makes creating suburb reports, rental videos for landlords, and social media infographics an absolute piece of cake. If you can type in a suburb or type an address, you can create a Prezzo using Homeprezzo in just a few minutes. Listeners to the PropTech podcast receive a 14-day free trial. Now, that's twice as long as the normal free trial. So go to homeprezzo.com.au and click the sign up button and use the code PropTech to get your extended free trial or click the link in our show notes. So this has been fascinating, Chris. Like, So what do you think the next five years holds for, for the property industry with, uh, and especially because of digital twins? Like, Where, where do you think this is all going? Uh, I, I think it's, it's going towards... I mean, it's been a slow adoption of digital twins. I mean, they've been the concept has been around for quite a long time. I, I genuinely think it's because there's, there hasn't been a high risk of fa failure with shutting down a, a workspace. Or this is my own personal opinion, of course. But mm. um, you know, you can shut down a school and and uh, the lights will turn on the next week, right? If, yep. if you shut it down for a week, you can't do that with critical pieces of infrastructure. Now that that there's been a whole change, I guess, in, in the way buildings are valued, uh, which is a whole other topic we can get into at a different time. Uh, the way landlords traditionally lease or, or sell space is all about human experience now. It's not really about the price per square meter, which mm. it was historically. So I think I think the next five years will hold a greater focus on the nuts and bolts of, of data engineering, data visualization. Uh, and that's what underpins a, a, a twin. So I may be a bit biased, but ultimately, uh, if I had to make it very simple uh, landlords uh, and operators of buildings need to have a really solid strategy around the management of their data and the and the information within their space to be able to generate better business decisions so i think what we'll find is uh, a clarity around the impact of other emerging technologies uh, one thing we haven't really gotten onto is the fact that 
we've, we're giving a basic foundational data structure to build use cases off means that any new IoT device that comes in, any, any new prop tech that actually emerges and becomes useful for a landlord can actually plug into the data set that's, that's uh, being the digital twin that's, that's on the building and integrating all the disparate sources. So it avoids landlords having to only look at it through the lens of this new prop tech and say, you, we can actually have a plug and play relationship with you. So we become almost like a marketplace for all these different prop tech companies, uh, which are looking to get access to the building data. So uh, okay. I think what, you, what you'll find is uh, what that really means is that we're going to get a clarity on, on the impact of AI and automation on the built environment in the next three to five years, I think. Um, and, and I think there'll be a, a real focus on solving the genuine inefficiencies in real estate. So, well, I look, I, I, I look forward to that. Yeah, sorry, going, <laughs> going on. Um, I was just talking more about the operational um, inefficiencies within the space, a huge focus on cyber at the moment yeah. and, and data compliance. How do I actually ensure that I have the right governance or risk framework that captures the data within the asset? I think these are all going to be very core considerations moving forward. Um, yeah. and data do, governance. Do you think or do you see a need for, you know, at the moment we have neighbours, is it neighbours ratings that are, um, is there an, do you think we would get something like that that would rate the digital or the data health of a building? There's there's certain players out there, Kylie, that, that have started to move in that space. I think one that would be worth mentioning on the podcast was something like WideScore, which looks at the digital infrastructure or digital connectivity of an asset. Mm-hmm. Um, a neighbor's rating is quite a fascinating one because you're looking at the sustainability ratings or impact on on, on Australian assets. Yep. Um, but, but it's actually, uh, and sustainability is one of the big things that we're hearing from our customers at the moment. How do I measure my sustainability through the yep. twin? How do I measure my indoor air quality, uh, my energy usage, but the temperature, the comfort levels within the building? How do I bring all those data sets together? Yep. Um, so definitely, I think um, there's also something called the Intelligent Buildings Index, which is is quite is correlated with the twin. And we're doing quite a lot of work with Microsoft uh, in that space as well. So that's, um, uh, I guess if your question was, will there be a, a digital twin rating score? Um, or, or- but a bit, a bit, if, I like buy, if I buy a new dishwasher or a washing machine and it's got X number of stars on it, and at the moment when you see building commercial buildings advertised, they often have their neighbours rating on it as well. Will there be a, you know, a three to five star or, you know, a one to five star score that tells me how, how smart my building is? I think it's definitely something or how intelligent the building is. I think it's definitely something that will will be on the horizon. Uh, I think everyone's moving in that space and, and yeah. it's typically been, I guess, there's one element that actually looks at the sustainability within the building. The, there's the, the other that actually looks at attracting capital within into the buildings based on their ratings. And I think yeah. the, the simple memo is the stronger the data health uh, the stronger the data governance, the stronger the compliance around the building and, and the more digitally enabled your workplace is, uh, that gives you the best competitive advantage to actually drive a better user experience within the asset and, and improve the building performance. And I think that's what uh, a twin basically uh, provides. And, and ultimately, you're seeing landlords start to move in that direction. Mm, because because ultimately, it ideally also means that your building's worth more than the same, the same you know, space and type of... Uh, building but without all of that. 
Correct. Yeah. The impact on, on the valuation of the building is, is another thing that we've explored, but ultimately it's about how do I capture this deluge of data that's sitting in lost repositories and how do I actually make that data useful? Uh, yeah. So, you know, data, data, data is not the new oil unless you know how to drill for it. And I think that's what a digital twin as a business model provides a landlord. So um, yeah, hopefully that, that answers your question. Yeah, no, that, that's great. Um, Sarah um, Bell from, uh, from, AIRE has a fantastic analogy, which is that if if you have data but you don't use it, if you just kind of hoard it and it's dead data, it's literally like hoarding newspapers. It's just sitting in dusty. <laughs> so I have visions of facility managers and landlords all over all over Sydney and, and Australia with filing cabinets full of, you know, hoarding filing cabinets of data that they'll never use. <laughs> that is never going to add to the value of their property. It's not far off at all, Kylie. I think I've seen I've seen many of them, and I think you're. That's that's exactly the problem that plagues or faces or, or landlords are facing at the moment is how do I actually capture, organise, and yeah. generate insights from the data that actually that I actually care about, mm. and that that really can only be done when you do the hard work uh, to to st- understand where you're starting from, a yep. eh? and, and that's what a digital twin actually enables. It enables you to say what custom benefits do I want to extract? What custom use cases do I want to look at? Do I need to track the occupancy um, or the use of space? Uh, and how does that inform my decision making? So so it's moving towards this whole world of automation and um, and data intelligence. Uh, so I guess that's that's quite exciting for us. And, and yeah. Awesome. So Chris, this has been fascinating. What's the next five years hold for Willow? I think, I think uh, in simple terms, growth. Uh, I think yeah. 2020 was a really difficult year for, for everyone for various reasons. Um, mm. uh, I think one thing we haven't touched on too much in the podcast, but definitely a cornerstone of the Willow business is really how closely we're working with Microsoft um, and mm. the, the launch of their new Azure Digital Twins version 2. Um, so I, we, we as a business believe Microsoft will be a huge player within commercial real estate, pro- already is. And, uh, well, Microsoft, Excel, where would we be without it? Exactly <laughs> right. Exactly right. So uh, I guess Microsoft are really listening to us as, as the commercialization partner for, for uh, with customers uh, to understand the key result areas, the key focus areas, uh, and where Twin's genuinely driving value. So uh, I think for Willow, it'll be growth. Uh, it'll be um, adop- better adoption in real estate. We found a great adoption across other sectors, but real estate's been one where we've been pushed to prove the value, and I think we will. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's ultimately where I think we'll end up um, really just developing a, a, a continuing to develop that great relationship with Microsoft and and seeing digital twin twins as almost like a mandatory norm for being able to manage, organize, and generate insights from data within the built environment. I think that that's where we'd like to be. Fantastic. Well, Chris, it's been absolutely awesome having you on the PropTech podcast. Thank you so much for your time. Welcome. Thanks, Kylie. Thanks. And thanks for explaining Digital Twins to me. Yeah, sorry, it, t- it took a while. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I'm, I'm glad it, <laughs> it, it, was, it, was well, it was well worth the time. Thanks so much. Thanks, Kylie. So that was Chris Amesa from Willow, an Australian business that has led the way in the creation of digital twins for our built environment and which is now working to convert the commercial real estate industry. My favourite scene in the movie Apollo 13 was where the engineers got that box of everyday gadgets, tipped out onto the desk and told to build an air filter. It's such a powerful image that we can learn from in property. 
having the data for our buildings available at our fingertips so that we can model and try new things without the expense, the drama or the time that it takes to build things manually is one of the great advantages of digital twins. COVID has been a real wake-up call for landlords, for agents and facility managers in this space. How is your building going to perform when everyone turns back up for work, but you're only allowed to let four people in a lift at one time due to social distancing? Using digital twin technology, we can test and run scenarios to solve for these problems before we have a lobby full of people angry at you and terrified of contagion. So now, if you have enjoyed this episode of the PropTech podcast, I would love you to tell your friends or drop me a line either via email, LinkedIn or Facebook. You can follow this podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor or Apple iTunes. I'd like to thank my audio support, Charlie Hollands and Sam Hollands and the fabulous Jill Escudero and our sponsors, Direct Connect, making moving easy, Smidge Wines, exclusive wines by Matt Wink and Home Prezzo, now part of Active Pipe and making digital marketing easier than ever before. And if you are a prop tech, make sure that you join the Prop Tech Association of Australia and join like-minded tech people who are passionate about the property industry and committed to improving the experiences in how we buy, sell, rent, manage and build and finance property. Our awards are coming up and they are going to be awesome. So go to proptechassociation.com.au. Thanks everyone. Until next week, keep on prop teching. <laughs>